to the Minimum Baseline Podcast, the pod where normal people become incrementally less shit. Sometimes. <laughs> right. So I'm excited about today's podcast. Sound is sorted. So this podcast should hopefully be better than the last <laughs> podcast where I stuffed up my sound. Yeah. And this is the last thing I do before I jump on a plane to New Zealand. Excited about that. And uh, this is the podcast where I share my first triathlon fail as well. So. <laughs> How about you, Taryn? Well, I'm excited because I I have exciting news. My sort of things have progressed since the last mm-hmm. podcast and I'm, I'm getting closer to my goals. So I can't share everything that has happened, mm-hmm. but... Life is exciting and, you know, I can't, I can't wait to, to share that with everyone. So before we get too much into this podcast, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands in which we're recording this podcast. So for us, that is the lands of the Gadigal people and also the lands of the Wurundjeri people. Sovereignty was never ceded and it always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So I'm Taryn. I am the younger sister of Stacey, and I am a chronically ill aspiring journalist. Uh, and I'm Stacey. I'm the big sister. I'm a mother of two and a business owner. Fantastic. So this podcast, of course, is about becoming incrementally less shit every day with the minimum baseline method. But we do like to start off with a bit of bat shittery. Yes, we've moved the weekly batshittery from the end to the beginning because <laughs> we had so much fun last week. It is a truly fantastic segment. So what truly batshit thing have you brought for me today, Taryn? My batshit thing, it, it actually, it makes me a little bit angry, but it is batshit. Uh, it's Hillary Clinton girl bossing fascism. Um, what? So... <laughs> Italy's new leader, and if you've missed this news, I'm happy for you. Uh, the the Italian elections not. were won by essentially a, a fascist party. Their new leader is a woman, Georgia Maloney. Hillary Clinton said, oh, yes, the election of the first woman prime minister in a country always represents a break with the past, and that is certainly a good thing. No, it's not. It's not a good thing. <laughs> this woman likes Mr. A fascist Lee. with a vagina is still a fascist. <laughs> It's a bad thing. It's a bad thing. And then she goes on to say, oh, well, I never agreed with Margaret Thatcher, but I admired her determination. Shut the fuck up, Hillary. Like, I just, you can't girl boss fascism. Anyway, that's that's my bachelor of the week. Yeah. First time and possibly the last time that Taryn will sound exactly like Donald Trump. With those exact words, shut the fuck up, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't say that you admire Margaret Thatcher because she has a vagina. Like, <laughs> fucking hell. Full disclosure, um, I am someone who has been heavily involved in unions over the last few years. I've worked for a union. Uh, I've volunteered for them uh, at federal and state elections. And, you know, Margaret Thatcher's pretty much... <laughs> if, if you're into unions... Uh, Thatcher's probably one of the people you want to steer clear of, but, uh, even Thatcher, not as bad as, like, fascist Mussolini lover in Italy, so... Right. Big L for Hillary Clinton there. 
Uh, one of my favourite comedy segments of all time is when they're discussing the cost of Margaret Thatcher's impending funeral on, I think it's Graham Norton Live? Mm-hmm. Not sure. But uh, the comedian Frankie Boyle talks about how um, for three million you could give everyone in Scotland a shovel and we could dig a hole so deep we could hand her to Satan in person. <laughs> and it is one of the best lines and the whole, the whole segment is worth watching on YouTube. YouTube. So if you Google Frankie Boyle on the cost of Thatcher's funeral, uh, it's a delight. <laughs> Shout out to my Scottish grandmother. Rest in peace. Yeah. You would have loved that segment. Uh, Stacey, okay. what is your weekly well, batshittery? Well, my, my batshittery is a little, little more personal this week and uh, involves literal shit. So <laughs> Good. That checks out for our family. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I went to the health food shop, so I drink a lot of coffee and I have been exercising a lot and I think that has elevated my cortisol or something's been going on. I've been struggling to sleep. And so I went to the health food shop and spoke to the lovely French woman behind the counter and said, I'm after, you know, it's obviously seen some stuff on Instagram and I asked her what were some great coffee alternatives that I could uh, drink instead of coffee? And she suggested blue dandelion tea, which came in a lovely box. And Mm -hmm. she said, the French women swear by it. Now I have lived in France. This should have set off (laughs) alarm bells, right? Because it wasn't just like the French, it was French women swear by this. And there was a little bit of a, wink wink in her delivery and which I completely missed because as you know I am oblivious to most things and all subtlety correct and like I lived in France I should know that abusing laxatives is a national pastime for French women (laughs) but I you know not getting the subtlety I bought myself some blue dandelion tea and enthusiastically drunk it for the remainder of the day Ooh, yum coffee taste no caffeine delightful except 2am that morning when I woke up with the most hideous stomach cramps of my life oh no (laughs) (laughs) and I was like fuck why is this being sold at a health food store when did health become synonymous with weight loss they're literally selling laxative tea at the health food shop with the French women swear by it. Wink, wink. I, I'm, I'm sorry. If I'm feeling healthy, I'm not up at two a.m. in the morning shitting myself. Yeah, how right? is that That's healthy? not my definition of health. <laughs> also, sake. laxatives not healthy. <laughs> like if you're losing weight with like, come on, people. Health yeah. is not weight loss. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. Like at the moment. With my health the way that it is, you know, obviously, like, like I have to eat in order to maintain uh, hydration because you eat a lot of the the, the water that you have, uh, you oh, yeah. eat a lot of your fluids, and yet I'm not able to exercise. So, you know, of course, I'm not in a state of weight loss at the moment. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's fairly obvious, and yet, you know, the the world would have us believe that, like, in order for me to be healthier. I would need to, you know, be in calorie deficit. Like, go yeah. fuck yourself. Like, that's completely uh-huh. untrue. And in so many cases, it's completely untrue. And I think that it's just, yeah. How is shitting yourself health? 
It's not. <laughs> Don't put this stuff in health food stores. Idiots no. like me will drink it, think trying to be healthy, and have an unhealthy re- response. Yeah, it's um infuriating. So that is <laughs> that is batshit on a number of levels. All right. Uh, what are you working on this week, Taryn? So last week, I don't, I don't know how well I articulated myself in the last podcast. So I'm, I'm going to kind of start again in terms of what do I want? What am I? Where am I going? I, I want to be a full time journalist, and that's you know, as of next week, I, I will be a full time journalist, but without mm-hmm. the the income coming in necessarily you know i will be a full-time a person who's who's not getting income any other way so i i want i want to do this for a couple of reasons firstly i'm really passionate about women's football and women's sport generally i really enjoy it i've always played uh, i've i've always been involved and you know i'm really passionate about in particular the women's game getting the same amount of like technical and tactical analysis. Like very often if you see a story about uh, any women's sport actually in the media, mm. it'll be like, oh, how good they got a go and look at these crowd numbers. Wow. And she there's not had a, a lot baby. Of... Yeah, and then she, she had she a baby. came back to play sport. Yeah, which is incredible. It's a personal but... angle. I, I, I've had a baby and I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is incredible. But I, I'm really passionate about uh, talking about the, the actual game and and yeah. bringing that into the conversation and elevating the discussion about the actual game. And that's something that I want to do with with my life. And that's through commentary, mm-hmm. that's through writing, that's through all of those things. And there's absolutely... You're considering doing your PhD in women's football, aren't you? I am, yes. So mm. uh, this is something that's been in my mind for a while. But, uh, I recently finished my honours in history and I am... If I were to ever go on and do a PhD, it would be in women's football tactics, the history of tactics. So there's a really fantastic book by Jonathan Wilson called Inverting the Pyramid, which is uh, a history of tactics in football. But I don't think he mentions a woman once. And and that's not to say, <laughs> oh, this man is a sexist. It's, it's just to say that, like, that's the, the, the data that is available. That's the analysis that you can make. You you know, it's much more difficult to, to do that analysis in the women's game. But that would be my goal. That would be what I would try and do. Um, to see if if they were the same, if they followed the same patterns, or if they were different mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I, I would suspect they would follow the same patterns, but... Um, so you're going to data nerd up women's football. God, that sounds boring. Well, you know, there'll be people that think <laughs> that's very boring. I yeah. really enjoy there, it. There'll be listeners to this podcast who are, like, making voodoo dolls of me now. <laughs> <laughs> Look, a lot of people agree with you. But, that you know, that's why I want to do what I want to do because I, I'm, I'm genuinely yeah. really passionate about this. And I think that for the first time doing podcasts and speaking, and I think I'm really good at it. I think this is what yeah. I was put on earth to do, which is – Uh-huh. I'm the, sure our listeners would agree. that <laughs> Which is really, like – irritating to hear um i was put on this earth to speak like what an annoying person but but i but i do like you know as time goes on i'm sort of realizing you know i'm only 26 years old and i'm realizing that this is something that i'm actually really good at and i've got a long way to go before i'm you know really good but this is something that that we can build on so that's the i mean the idea of of minimum baseline is you start at zero and you lift slowly so this is perfect yeah so how did I how did I do these things this week? Well, I have I did the pitches that uh, I suggested last week. Um, Excellent. And 
had an astonishing amount of success and there's some really, really exciting things in the pipeline. Um, All right. I interviewed a player from the WSL. Um, yeah. About an article that will come out hopefully in the next few weeks. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Is that the first time you've directly interviewed a player? No, I, I did okay. for the Ladies League last season, but this is the first time for a written article uh, I've, okay. I've interviewed a player. And I've also been offered a, a pretty life-changing opportunity in in other forms of media as well. So mm-hmm. things are really coming up Millhouse. Um, it's really, <laughs> uh, it's, it's you know, been an incredible, incredible period of time in my life and that's continuing. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky. I mean, um, just to like throw Kel's name in here is you girls have been amazing. You've just shown the power of really kind of shutting the door behind you, chucking your jobs in and deciding to go for what you really want to do go for those big goals because both of you shut the door behind you made sure that you had to be fully committed to these new roles and you've done amazing work it's just really really inspiring yeah so uh stacy's talking about my partner cal who yeah she also quit her job um at the same time and is working in theater she's had you know, we, we've both just, just yeah, chucked it all in and gone for our passions at the same time, which thankfully our landlord is our friend because I'm not sure that that goes well <laughs> on, a, on a rental application. Financial decision making. <laughs> no one has a full-time job. We're just making it up. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's been a Look, really... Look, if there's a time in the world to take the risk, it's when unemployment is at historical lows. Both Absolutely. of you are so employable. You yeah. Know, this is the time. Absolutely. So how am I working on these goals this week? Well, I have to write the article that I interviewed the player for um, and put that up for editing, which is should be great, actually. I need mm-hmm. to continue to practice on the undisclosed uh, opportunity that I've been given mm-hmm. to make sure that when I am doing the thing that is the opportunity. <laughs> Riddles, my God. <laughs> um but, you know, I need to practice. I need to be really good at it. I need to keep watching games. Like there's uh, games in England, international games happening all of the time that I need to be watching and replaying and reviewing and thinking about and discussing. All of this sounds like a lot. What's your small dumb thing for the week? <laughs> well, my small dumb thing is actually something completely different. So so last time I talked about water uh, mm-hmm. and this time it's um, doing my physical therapy. How'd you go with the water to start with? Uh, I went well with the water. I think that the the biggest issue with, with the water is when I get really locked onto video games. And when I get really locked onto video games, that tends to be when I'm really tired. So it's all about management for, for me with POTS. POTS is something that for most people is lifelong or over five years, I should say, not not necessarily lifelong, but over well, five years. It's not years. immune disease, isn't it? As far as I know, from what my doctors have said, my autoimmune disease will not go away. It can go into remission sometimes, but it's lifelong. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's an autoimmune disease. I mean, my understanding is that it's it's kind of it's similar to to chronic fatigue. So we don't fully understand it. We don't fully understand why it comes, why it goes, and this is the same with a lot of things that are long COVID. We don't fully understand mm-hmm. it, but the way that you get better 
is is by symptom management, but also understanding yourself better. So for me, yes, the hydration, the the compression, all of those things make me feel better. But it's also understanding where my limits are and knowing not to push those limits. So it's as much sort of behavioral change and adapting to that as it is curing it, taking a tablet, doing whatever. So mm-hmm. I think in that sense, going back to the water, because I've gone on a massive tangent, <laughs> going back to the water, if I, you know, I'm tired or I'm going to play video games for six hours now because I'm tired and I've got the rest of the afternoon off and I can't do any more work because I've hit my limit. So that's all well and good that I know that I've hit my limit, but I need to not play video games for six hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to maybe play video games for two hours and then... Mm-hmm you know, do something else and make sure that I'm not. Uh, what's, what's driving the desire to completely zone out like that? Um, well, so we're getting a, we're getting a little bit deep now. I actually had, um, I was talking to my psychologist yesterday, uh, mm-hmm. something that everyone should get there. Everyone. Yes. Uh, at some point in their lives. Yes. And mm-hmm. I, I genuinely, there's a lot of, I have a lot of positivity genuinely. And, and I'm not sort of saying this as wishful thinking, you know, I'm, I'm genuinely very grateful for the people in my mm. life. I'm genuinely mm. very optimistic about the future. I can genuinely see a future where I'm playing sport again, or at the very least where I'm living a pretty normal life again. You know, mm. Mm. I, I genuinely believe that this is in the future. And, and, and I, I genuinely think that this, the steps that I'm taking will, will get me there. But at the same time, there's this grieving process. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't identify it as grief until I had this conversation yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm grieving my life. You know, at the moment, I, I struggle to walk to the park on a sunny day. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I can't go out with friends. I can't drink. You know, I haven't had a drop of alcohol for, for since I was diagnosed, well, since I had COVID. Um, I can't, you know, ride my bike to the cafe down the road to meet up with someone for brunch. I have to drive. I can't. Which is so, like, you're going to get kicked out of Melbourne. Yeah, those things, like, gave me a lot of joy, you know. I I can't work a full day. You know, I have to take breaks. Hell, I can't get up. Like, sometimes if I get up too quickly, I can't get Mm. up too quickly, Mm. you know. And that, I'm grieving that. I'm grieving that part of my life. Mm. And... Is you know. playing six hours of video games, though, the best way to process that grief? No, of course is it isn't. It's better to sit in the grief <laughs> than to tune it out. It's much like better to sit Maybe process the grief, not sit in the grief. Mm-hmm. Sitting in the grief is not productive, but actually allowing the emotion and journaling and meditating or just sitting, staring at the wall and actually thinking about it, allowing your thoughts to come forth um, is more productive than tuning it out. Yes. You know, buffering. Yes, it is. And, and that's and where maybe, I've got to and, find the balance. Yeah. I've found myself hysterically crying at really dumb TV shows that I shouldn't Good. be hysterically crying at. Yeah, your body's telling you something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Or, you know, just like uh, my partner will do something nice for me and I'll just start crying. I'll be like, oh, you're so nice. You cooked me a meal. <laughs> like I'm crying. 
and and that's the that's the processing so that's the kind of that's the balance that i need to find mm. anyway after all of that my small dumb thing is to do my physical therapy how many times <laughs> Uh, well, the exercise physiologist said one to two times a week. Okay. I will have right. done it twice by the time we record next. Okay. All right. Well, that was a lot about me and my goals <laughs> and what I want. Let's, let's talk about you, older sister. Okay. So my goals are to complete a sprint distance triathlon on the 18th of December and to generate a million in sales in my business in 2023. So two big goals for me, as I said last week, I came to being comfortable with pushing myself physically very late in life. About the time that I started to, funnily enough, come to terms with the all of the shitty body messages that we got in the 90s uh, and early 2000s and decided to throw those things out of my brain as often as I could and embrace the you know clusterfuck that is my body now um <laughs> old. And, old old um and funnily enough that has resulted in you know without even really thinking about it without it being the goal uh, a lot more comfort with pushing myself physically and coming to exercise quite late so yeah triathlon sprint distance isn't a particularly long distance but I'm starting pretty slow. I've got a try a try, which is like a even half a distance on the 5th of November. And then I've got the one that I'm aiming for on the 18th of December. And this week I was to do my first open water swim. We'd done some pool practice at Bondi Icebergs, but I was going out in the water last weekend and it did not go as I had hoped. Mm. Uh, I got an email the day before saying swell at Bondi is usually 0 0.8 meters. You know, it's not a, not a people that surf there are really just out there the back chatting. They're not really committed to, they're not there for the, for the break. <laughs> um, God. Uh, Commit to surfing properly. Losers. <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is it's not, you know, it's a, it's a beach that you can surf at, but it's not a, a destination that you surf yes. at because of the break. You surf yeah. there because it's Bondi, right? But on this particular day, the swell was going to be 1.4 metres, which oh, is, good. you know, substantially larger than normal. Um, and that doesn't sound that high when you're like, well, I'm 170 centimeters. So it's, but that's like literally double your height. There is a wave coming at you that is double your, you know, I was already a little bit, you know, I sent an email straight back going, okay, but what if I end up on Bondi rescue, <laughs> um, which, you know, genuine fear of mine. And like, you know, I end up on Bondi rescue and it's not going to be one of those like, oh, she's on the board and she's flirting with a guy. No, it's like this bitch cannot get on the board. Here is a, like a, her date for three minutes, you know, because I've got on the board backwards, you know, like it would be horrible. And so I did go in with a bit of a weird mindset anyway, because I was like, this is, I even texted my friends. I was like, this is it girls. I'm going to be on Bondi rescue. It's going to be bad. <laughs> and then of course, you know, I got to the beach, everybody there. I am a competent swimmer. I'm not a fast swimmer. They're all faster than me, which I've always been comfortable with. I don't have an issue with that, but you know, when you're going out to the boys and 
one of the things about open water swimming is you feel like, particularly if you're in the sandy bit and you don't have rocks and fish and things to guide you, you really feel like you're going nowhere, you're standing still. Mm. And so there's this weird kind of discombobulating feeling of staying in the one place. And so being a slow swimmer, I when I panicked a bit and got into that mental space, I was like, I'm not going anywhere, I'm going to be left behind, that's it, I'm a dead end. So, uh, they they took us out to a boy and then back and then back you know another boy you know back again. I got out once past the break, all fine. We're treading water, lovely. Came back in, came back out again past the break, all fine. As I was coming back in, I got smashed by a wave, and I'm not good at sighting, so I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, which is check under your arm for the big waves coming, and I just got came out of nowhere. I got smashed and that completely ruined my confidence and I dragged my sorry ass out of the water and stood on the beach and watched everybody else complete the swim without me and felt like a loser and I really did like I felt pretty shitty for the rest of the day but because I've got the triathlon it's booked I've paid for it I like closed the door behind me this is going to happen I had to get back in the water and I did that this morning so I went to a karma beach I went to Clavelli uh which is I didn't know this but Sydney's best kept secret there are beautiful fish all through Clavelli really yeah so I'm swimming I'm doing like I did the full distance that I will do in the sprint try on the 18th and I enjoyed every minute of it I was there with a a swim coach um, from Swim Lab. Shout out to Swim Lab. But I forgot to be scared. I forgot to be tired. I forgot to be, I went out just in a closet and, you know, September's as cold as the water gets in Sydney. And I forgot to be cold because there was all these beautiful fish in the water. Wow. Beautiful fish. I just assumed like, you know, like Sydney Harbour situation, they all had three heads by now and like pollution, but no, No. not at Clavelli. Well, this is an open water beach. So it's, it's like straight out to the ocean. Yeah, it was stunning. Freezing, oh. raining, but, you know, I just had the best swim. And now I know that I can do it. So, huzzah. Waves are scary. People who don't know, don't know. I mean, like, I like I am in total admiration of you because I cannot, to this day, I mean, I've, I've never been a particularly strong swimmer anyway, but to this day I can't do beaches with waves. Like, I can't swim. I can kind of, like, be in the water, like, right close to the shore. And mm. I think a lot of that's to do with... I learned to swim in Townsville and uh, mm, in flat. North Queensland, the, there's no waves because it's it's blocked by the Great Barrier Reef, essentially, is my understanding. Yeah. Um, so, and you've got Maggie, the reef at Maggie Island as well, which. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned to swim in like, there was a rock pool there and like the beach there, there were no waves. So mm. like, I'm completely in awe of you anyway. Um Oh, don't get like yeah, I was scary. pretty like even even in Clavelli, which is very protected, you know, when you get out close to the the open water, it gets a bit choppy, mm. and I I I like freaked out a little bit. Like it's it's a comeback because I felt terrible after that other swim. Oh, mm. so that was done. Ticked that box. Did the swim. Oh, actually, no. My small dumb thing last week was ride the bike. Yeah, which did, I did. Did you did yeah. you ride the yeah. bike? I did ride the bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I finally got on the bike. The first time I took it to Centennial Park and got a flat, did not do that one, but did get on it and did 12Ks without even knowing that I was doing 12Ks. I thought I was doing like a couple of Ks 
and came back and I was like, oh, that was much longer than I thought I did. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I did girls. my small dumb thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, what's your small dumb thing this week if you did it last week? So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to New Zealand in very soon and I'm going to, we're going to Waiheke Island for a few days and I'm going to get in the freezing cold New Zealand water and do a swim. Amazing. That sounds beautiful. I'm extremely jealous. It is a beautiful. It is a beautiful island. Great. Okay, mini motivation. What are you going to do to keep your motivation high and eliminate demoting factors this week? Yeah, so my mini motivation is uh, the article that I alluded to earlier that I'm writing. Um, the the player that features uh, in this article actually has POTS. So she mm-hmm. has POTS, uh, same as me, post-COVID happens last year and she has, she's, she's back playing. In the process of writing that, which I will be doing this week, just remembering that, you know, these things are possible. Like she, mm-hmm. she's playing professional football uh, mm-hmm. after being diagnosed with this condition and still having to manage it, still having bad days, but mm-hmm. is playing professional sport. That is incredibly motivating for me to remember that even on my bad days, things will get better. Mm-hmm. You know, if I keep applying myself and keep doing the right things and um not that I will ever be a professional athlete but there's hope that I might play again well there's hope Mm. that I might play again at all and that's that's incredibly motivating for me yeah good what about you what's your mini motivation oh god mine's lame now that you said that (laughs) (laughs) so I I listened to that book last week the um that you were like uh And that was quite motivating. I don't believe that I will be any happier when I've made more money. I just want to be like work out who I will become when I, you know, really build a serious business that's making really good money. And so there's a book uh, by um, Stephen Pressfield called Do the Work. That's kind of the the message from the universe, I guess, that I'm getting a lot, the is that I just need to knuckle down and do the work, turn up every day for the triathlon, for, for my job, make the calls, fail, get through my to-do list, work with my own brain and its desire to procrastinate, just dig in and do the work. That's what I'm working on this week. In the words of our oracle, Britney Spears, you better work, bitch. The work, bitch. Oh, <laughs> I saw that live in Las Vegas with my business partner and it was one of the happiest moments of my life. <laughs> Birth of my kids. The time Lorraine and I went to Vegas <laughs> on the world's shittiest work trip but topped it off by seeing Britney live and when Amazing. she sung Work, Bitch, we were just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know what to say to that. That's that's immaculate. That's incredible. <laughs> All right. Where can you find us? So you can find us on our website at minimumbaseline.com. You can find us on Instagram at minimum.baseline. You can find me on Twitter at Tyron Hadoo. You will eventually be able to find us on Twitter, but not right now because 
It hasn't We only happened just yet. got the email address. <laughs> We're not perfect. Don't expect perfection. Yeah. It's, why are you listening? <laughs> it's right there in the title. <laughs> Five-star reviews help us reach other normies who might also be trying to become incrementally less shit. Please jump on your podcast app of choice and leave us a nice note or at least an entertaining one. Please. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on our RSS feed or wherever you're listening. Thank you so much. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.